We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's going on, everyone? Pat Mayo here. Quick update before we get into the Thursday Night DraftKings picks. We recorded this before. Chris Godwin was limited in practice with a quad injury. There is no official status on where he stands for Thursday, but if he continues to practice throughout the week, comes back on Wednesday, practices on Thursday morning, goes through the walkthrough, he should be fine. I just wanted to let you know that in the context of our discussion, we did not know that at the time. It doesn't really change anything at the moment except for that if he is iffy to play and he comes down to a game time decision you know all in on godwin in the captain spot because that's going to kill his ownership tons of money up for grabs this week including a million dollar top prize on DraftKings. so let's get to the strategy and most importantly the picks Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021, Week 1, Thursday Night Football, Dallas at Buccaneers, DraftKings Showdown Picks. We're here. The, the first football game is actually happening. So what I need you to do is smash the like button to the episode and in the comment section, you give me a score for this game. You think Dallas wins? You give me the score. You think Tampa wins? You give me the score. Give me any score for this game. Not the other games. This game only. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network while you're here, too. And if you want to play on the best tournament on DraftKings, the Week 1 Listeners League is now available. It is in the description of this video and this podcast. And it's $15 to play. You get three max entry. There is no rake in this contest. We have 3,000 spots we need to fill from this point on. So please, let's go fill this up quickly because I don't think we should be getting rid of rake-free money to be perfectly honest with you. So if you're playing on DraftKings, you might as well play on the best one. This one is for the main slate, not the Thursday night game. So you still have a few more days to go get into it. So please go join that now. Additionally, if you want to get into a cash giveaway, that's super easy to do. All of the info is down in the description, but here's the, the quick version. Uh, subscribe to Mayo Media Network on YouTube easy stuff. Subscribe to the Mayo Media Network newsletter. Also easy stuff. Now we've taken up officially 11 seconds of your time. The big one, though, that you need to do in order to get into the draw is 
Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review, make up something you like about the show, and then put your Twitter handle or email in there so I can contact you if you are a winner. Thank you very much for doing that. Let's get into it. Justin Freeman from RunTheSims.com is on the line. The showdown master himself. You've upgraded from doing showdown videos every week using your own tools to us combining and providing these tools to everyone. So if you go to RunTheSims.com slash Mayo right now, you get 10% off the monthly or the season long pass. Justin, what's going on, my man? Hey, we're doing we're doing big things this year, Pat. Uh, people are really starting to head on over to the site now. Now that we've got some slates to play with, we're not dealing with practice slates, dummy slates, anything like that from the past. We've got the good stuff now. We've got a real uh, a real juicy looking Thursday night game that we're going to dive into here today. Uh, you know, Buccaneers and Cowboys. I'm pretty excited about this one. I think there's like, we know a lot about these teams. They're pretty well established, but yet there's a few situations that I think we can make some, you know, pretty tough calls on and hopefully it'll pay off for us. Hopefully. So can you inform people to how well you do in showdown over the course of the past few years? Cause I don't think that people know. Uh, I mean, it's not like you're Matthew Barry and have a million Twitter followers. People need to know how good you are at this. Yeah, I'm well over 900,000 Twitter followers away uh, from hitting that particular threshold. But uh, we've had a really good showdown run over the last year or two. So I got into showdown um, really last summer. I teamed up with uh, Brian Jester, a buddy of mine over at Occupy Fantasy, to write an ebook. Like I was like, you know, we hear over and over and over again about how niche contests are sort of the key to unlocking expected value because you know, winning on the DraftKings main slate can be a really tough thing. Like there's a lot of really sharp players also putting in lineups there. So maybe learning something about these niche formats and showdown sort of fits there. It's growing. And obviously it was pointing up, you know, everybody wants to play more and more short showdown slates. So I was like, let's, let's do the research. Let's dive deep, figure out what actually matters here. And like, as we're talking about showdown, it became really clear, like, well, you know, some sort of like simul if you could simulate the game over and over and over again, you could actually find out who the perfect roster combinations are to make a unique showdown lineup. And so that's what we did. I did a ton of research last season, uh, last offseason and pumped that out over the course of the past season. And had some pretty excellent spiked weeks in there. Um, had a really good ROI over the course of the season. I, I don't like to talk too much about that stuff, but uh, you know, it's been super successful. So I was really excited to try to make this more of like a user-facing tool where other people could take advantage of that, put their own spin on things. Like you don't have to just sort of copy and paste what we're doing. You can take your own sort of assumptions about how the game's going to go. And uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. A lot of people have enjoyed playing with it so far. I've always been under the impression that for showdown that you really do want to tell yourself a story of how this game is going to go down. Like if, if the Bucks right now are favored by eight points against Dallas. Now, if that's the case and they win by nine, let's say you think the Bucks cover that spread. How does that game look? Or if you think it's a field goal game, how does that game look? If Dallas wins, how does that game look? And then you can put your assumptions into the simulator that way. And like you said, you ran the simulation so many times. We've now built a site that is predicated on running the slate and running each game 10,000 times. So there's a lot of different assumptions that you can put into that. So again, runthesims.com slash mayo to get yourself the discount on these premium tools. There are free tools up there as well if you're just wanting to do your research. But if you want access to the simulator, that's the way it's going to go. Let's get into the pricing for the Thursday night game. There's a million dollar first prize on DraftKings this week too. So you probably want to check that one out. Tom Brady is the most expensive. Obviously on DraftKings, the captain is worth 1.5 the amount of points, but you also have to pay 1.5 times 
sometimes the salary for that as well. So if we just go through it as it in as it pertains to a flex play, and we'll talk about captain strategy in a second. 11-2 for Tom Brady, 10-4 for Dak Prescott, 9-6 for Ezekiel Elliott, 9-2 for Mike Evans, Godwin is 8-6, Cooper is 8-4, C.D. Lamb is 8-2, Leonard Fournette's an even 7,000, the Gallup at 6-2, and Antonio Brown at $5,600. So what I want to do to kick it off is jump on over to Run the Sims to show people what we're dealing with over here, because I really think this is going to help out my process. So we go to the DFS tab, we go to the DIY Simulator HQ, we pick our slate, which is going to be the... Where is it here? Not Thursday through Monday. We don't want that. Dallas at Tampa Bay. DraftKings. Let's jump in here. And what am I? You can already see some of the assumptions that I've made so far. Let's 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 reset everything to what the baseline assumptions are for this game. So are these your projections that you have in there right now? Is this what you're playing, Justin? Yeah, exactly. So this will be updated throughout the course of the week. You get sort of it preloaded with what my baseline assumptions are. And you see that it comes with you know, sort of standardized assumptions for not only the Cowboys as individual players there, but also their team level stuff. So the number of points we expect them to score, which is sort of defaulted to the, the known Vegas spread this time, which, you know, as you mentioned, it's, it's an eight point spread and the, the totals creeping up a little bit too. So, uh, you know, this was a game that Tampa was actually only favored by six and a half uh, just a couple, just about a week ago. And now that line has crept all the way up towards eight, which is, uh, it says something either about the strength of Tampa Bay or the weakness of Dallas. Cause you think about the way that uh, you know, the, the news has broken over the last couple of weeks, like really, if anything, the news has gotten favorable towards Dallas and the fact that Dak Prescott is now you know, expected to be in hundred uh, percent locked and loaded at quarterback for this game. Obviously they're without, um, you know, Zach Martin along the offensive line, but, you know, you would think I would, or at least I would have thought that Tampa Bay wouldn't be more than a touchdown favorite, but here we are. But yeah, as you mentioned, you know, everything sort of comes preloaded there with, with our, you know, sort of baked in assumptions of how this game goes, but obviously turning the knobs and levers in this game is what makes things really interesting. So we can go in and play around with a bunch of different game scripts. So let's just see what the baseline assumptions have for us here. Let's run the Sims and this will what simulate the game 10,000 times, Justin. Yeah, actually 5,000 times here on the, uh, on, on this showdown slate is what you'll get. So you'll, you will basically, by the time I finish the sentence, you'll have your own custom lineups right there. And there you have it sorted first of all, by our optimal results. And basically the same, how often does any player on this slate pop up in the winning lineup? Um, and so, and by winning lineup, like it's really clear that in showdown, you need to be focused on having the best lineup period that's that's mathematically possible under the salary constraints. Uh, it's, it's a little bit different than say showdown, even playing the Millie maker, you may not need the perfect lineup showdown you do. So uh, in, in this situation, we see that Dak Prescott's north of 70% in terms of how frequently he pops up in the optimal lineup. Obviously, the majority of the time he's there as a flex option, but some period of time he's in there as the, the winning captain as well. And so we have this sort of handy dandy red and blue coated uh, bar graph off to the side as well. Red tells us how often as a flex option, blue how often as a captain uh, option there in those lineups. And no surprise, obviously, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, despite being the two highest priced guys on the slate, are going to be among the more optimal options. Like you would have a hard time, uh, you know, getting the salary up high enough on either quarterback for them to not be super likely to be in a winning lineup because that's just how quarterbacks score points. 
Yeah. So Dak being, it's funny because we've had this conversation before as it pertains to DraftKings showdown and what the best way to play this is. And it's usually not having a quarterback in your captain spot. So when we run these simulations and everything pops out, is this because these are two teams that use so many options in the receiving game that it's really hard to peg down who it's going to be? Like when we look at the optimal results, like Ezekiel Elliott, so it's Dak Prescott, then Tom Brady in terms of how much they're going to be like the, the highest owned captain or MVP in that type of situation, you know, in 54% in the flex spot when you talk about optimal results. But I would think that on a week-to-week basis, like the Elliots or the Godwins who are next in line, then the C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Ronald Jones would probably be more likely to be the most prevalent in the captain spot, wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. And, and you hit on it, Pat, in the fact that both of these teams have really competitive target trees. Like if you think about the Cowboys and the way they're set up, like you can't just say that it's all going to Amari Cooper with any degree of certainty, or it's all going to CeeDee Lamb or Michael Gallup. Like these guys are going to sort of alternate and they sort of take away from each other in terms of their expectation. And then add on top of that, that Dak has his own rushing ability um, it makes it really tough for any of those other guys to sort of run away with it in terms of being an optimal captain. Now, obviously, what we have to do is layer, uh, you know, an element of game theory on top of this to say, like, OK, we think that Dak and Tom Brady are really good captains uh, for this week. But what is the rest of the field going to be doing? Um, might we run into a lot of duplicate lineups? Uh, if we're playing a lot of quarterback captain lineups and we know that that's that is indeed the case, like playing a lot of Dak Prescott quarterback uh, captain lineups are going to be heavily duplicated. You have a tough time getting really unique that way. So even though uh, we see that they are you know, ideal captains, the fact that everybody else thinks that as well makes them less than ideal. So we have to not only think about what's going to happen, we have to think about what everybody else is going to do about it. It's just funny because I'm looking at the lineups uh, from the optimal, like what it put out. So the the two lineups that tied were Elliott as the captain, Dak, Ronald Jones, CeeDee Lamb, Legatron, and then Amari Cooper. And then the other one has Dak Prescott as the captain, Ronald Jones, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, Dallas defense, and CeeDee Lamb. It's really trending towards like the, the overwhelming super stack of the Cowboys in this. And I think that's going to be a very unpopular option. Like maybe the public perception of the Cowboys, you know, becomes overwhelming in such a giant slate like this. And that's the way that people go. But you would have to think that the majority of people are going to stack up the team that's favored by eight points. And although Tom Brady came out as second in terms of the optimal percentage as a captain, he rarely shows up in any of these builds. I assume that's because it's hard to make lineups work if you take Dak and Tom Brady and the options are just more palatable with Dak when you try to put up the optimals next to each other. Yeah, exactly. Because it is hard to imagine a situation where Dak himself is not in the winning lineup. Obviously, it doesn't happen a ton of times, about a quarter of the time, roughly. So it it can be tough to sort of nail that down in a lineup without Dak. But perhaps that's a really good uh, solution for this game is if you want to sort of lean on the Buccaneers, Here in this game, you can obviously modify the number of points scored uh, that we expect them to have in this game and maybe even increase their pace up a little bit. So, you know, if we think that, you know, Tampa sort of walks away with it here, then maybe we, uh, you know, bump their points scored up to maybe 35 or something like that. See what that looks like and then turn their pace, which is currently set at 64, turn that up to 70 or something like that. And now all of a sudden we're expecting them to run about six more plays and then we'll sh- we should start to see more and more Tampa-friendly lineups popping up uh, towards the top there. So we do have some controls here in our hand, and we also have 
you know, some decisions to make. And obviously you see that Brady and Prescott sort of flip-flop there towards the top where Brady's popping up now as the you know, more prevalent flex and captain option in this game. You see Chris Godwin there as well, Ronald Jones working his way up the leaderboard as well. So, you know, we used to see a lot of stars up there towards the top. We're seeing a lot of pirate flags now with the Buccaneers uh, starting to get a part of that. So, you know, I think you know, further we can drill down a little bit more into the team level stuff and the, uh, the players for the Buccaneers. And so, you know, currently the targets are split pretty evenly among Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in this offense. And so if you had a lean where it's going to be more Evans or more Godwin, you could certainly uh, add those there. But one thing you'll notice is off towards the right of both of those receivers' names is the catch rate. So, you know, this is just sort of fundamentally different about who Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are. You see, we have an anticipated catch rate for Evans of 56% and Godwin 73%. And that just sort of makes sense with what we know about those players. You know, Evans is sort of a, a boomer bust, deep target type. Type of guy Godwin a little bit more sure-handed that means he's a little bit more likely to pop up as a winning flex option if we think that we're going to get very similar amounts of targets but you know if you wanted to make some sort of assumptions about you know Mike Evans was going to be more likely to uh you know take advantage of a of a pretty tremendous defensive matchup here you could modify his catch rate to maybe closer to 70 percent or something like that and then we could rerun again, and then all of a sudden we should be seeing, you know, Mike Evans looking a lot more attractive now that he's projected for a percent higher in terms of targets and now a much more similar catch rate. And so now we've run that, and Mike Evans is the third best option on the slate. So you can see how just making one little twist uh, of the knobs and levers that we have available uh, sort of changes everything that, that you have. And, you know, from that point, we can just click on, uh, over on your custom lineups, click download CSV, and that'll immediately uh, download a DraftKings uploadable file there for you to be able to, to play as many of those lineups as you want to. And uh, we mentioned you've got access to 5,000 lineups there to choose from. Um, many of those are duplicated with each other. So um, you can pick and choose which ones uh, make make the most sense for your build. Yeah, and then I think it's really important to make your own assumptions about a lot of this stuff. So I have some injuries to report from the game, uh, at least from the skill side of the ball. Zach Martin is not going to play on the Dallas offensive line. He's an all-pro. That's not good for them, especially because Ndamukong Sue is going to be back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just enhancing what their pass rush is going to be. So it might be a bit difficult to block. Backup offensive lineman Brandon Knight is also out for the Cowboys. Leal Collins is going to play it seems at the moment. And from the other side of the ball, Antonio Brown and Gio Bernard were a bit iffy coming into the week. It does appear like both of them are going to play. And this is all in the newsletter that I put out last night, but I'll just give you some of the stats of weeks nine to 17 from last year when all three, the big three of the Bucks receivers were active. So when they all played on the field at the same time over that stretch, Brady threw for over 300 yards, five times. Uh, so that's not bad, at least if we're thinking about attacking this through the air. In those five games, Chris Godwin went over 80 yards receiving four times, the same number as Mike Evans and Antonio Brown combined. Godwin caught 78% of his targets, where it was just 69% for Mike Evans and Antonio Brown. And in those games, Tampa Bay averaged 38.4 points. So th 
those are some of the assumptions that maybe you can make. And listen, maybe that's not how it comes out of the gate in week one, but this is a perfect defense to sort of run that offense against too. Because I was more thinking about it, hey, how is this going to translate into my DraftKings life? But I know that DraftKings has the same game parlays right now too. So from like, we're just taking those trends of what this offense looked like last year. You know, you could just go Brady over passing yards, Chris Godwin over passing yards and over Buccaneers points. And you might be in a pretty good situation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you think about the, the, there are some huge advantages out there right now with same game parlays and the ability to take advantage of like, you know, it's essentially what we're trying to do in DFS. We're trying to essentially nail one particular thing. And then that one particular outcome unlocks three correlated outcomes. So we're going to be able to essentially multiply our winnings, even though we don't really deserve to. And granted, most sports books sort of have that baked in at least a little bit, but we can still find our edges throughout. And I mean, you know, I'm really excited about this game because I, I'm anxious to see the Dak Prescott-led offense for the Cowboys and the Brady-led offense for the for the Bucks has been nothing short of phenomenal second half of the season and beyond last year. And the thing is, the Bucks have a defense to go with it, and Dallas does not. And so that's a, a real big uh, hole in the Dallas boat that could really make an interesting game script especially in the fourth quarter. Like if you think one team's going to blow out the other, certainly seems like the Bucks blowout is much more in play. So I'm just, I clicked on over on the other tab. I went to the actual game player projections, which you can go in and see and kind of manipulate around if you want. But based on the settings that we just put in, you know, Brady and Prescott, you know, one and two in terms of points. Brady by far more than anyone else. But then you have Evans, then you have Zeke, then you have Godwin, Cooper, Lamb, then Fournette, then Jones. So I want to go back to the inputs for a second because I want to figure out the Tampa Bay backfield just a little bit and how we should really try to break this down. The one thing about showdown that I think even myself, I get caught up with this. That's why I like to play the three max or the single entries, because I know that there are people using tools like this, like yourself, that maybe I'm going to do it this week too, and just chuck in 1500 bucks into the $10 and see, see how well I do from that regard. But if I'm playing up against 150 lineups, you know, it's tough to have a single bullet that is unique. Do you think that if you're going to try to win these large field tournaments, because all of like the pros or people that are really good at showdown that I see, as opposed to the main slate where you can throw in 150 lineups and brick them all, it does seem like you can get somewhat of an even distribution. Just give yourself more shots because the combination of lineups is so much smaller on a showdown slate where you only have six players. There's only one game at stake. Yet, if you're going to play these giant contests and really try to win do you think you have to play 150 lineups uh no i don't think so i think your best bet of finding a unique lineup is probably going to be by playing 150 it's going to be really tough for you to feel confident let's say you want to throw a 10 dollar entry out there into 150 max tournament you're gonna have a tough time feeling finding one that you feel decent about that is not also highly duplicated. Whereas if you're playing 150, you get a lot more disconnected away from your lineups. Like each lineup means nothing to you. Uh, you're just sort of thinking about things from a portfolio standpoint, and you just sort of wait until the fourth quarter to look at your phone and say, well, hey, I've got uh, five lineups that look like they can make a run. I need a touchdown to Chris Godwin here, and I'm solo first place. But it's tough to make that type of lineup when you're just doing one, I would take a lot of discipline and you just have to be totally okay with bricking a bunch. So, I mean, my thought would be if you want to play a single uh, lineup or three lineups or something like that, I always try to tell people to find contests where that is the maximum number of entries allowed by anybody. And that way it's at least a lot more of an even playing field. Granted, you might not be able to win a million bucks in that particular instance, but there's still some really good prize pools out there for single entry contests for showdown. 
Absolutely. And then that's, I like to play like the, the I, there was a $50 single entry last year, a hundred dollar single entry for showdown slates. I, and I found myself funny, funny enough. I didn't win as often on those ones, but I actually won more money in the long run rather than throwing in like five entries into the gigantic $10 where even if I min cash, like what's that really doing for me? Oh, I get 15 bucks back. I'm still down 35. At least when I hit in cash in the hundred dollar single entry, at least my payouts were pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. As long as you're not bare minimum, you're probably going to 4X, 5X, something like that. And that keeps your head uh, above water for you know four or five more weeks. And that's obviously super helpful as you're trying to maintain a bankroll. And I know a lot of players will struggle with that, especially here in week one. Like I mean, we've been waiting for so long to get some action down. And now here it is. It's, it's tempting to not blow your entire wad all on week one. Most credit card companies do a good job of protecting you against fraudulent purchases, but what if a scammer files for unemployment in your name, or your social media accounts are hacked, Aura's protection goes well beyond your credit card. Aura provides digital security protection to keep your online finances, personal information, and tech safe from online threats. It's all-in-one protection from identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, and so much more. With Aura, you'll get alerted to fraud and threats fast. Like if your online accounts or passwords were leaked online, or if someone tries to open a bank account in your name. Aura's easy to set up. All plans come with a $1 million in identity theft insurance to help recover your stolen funds and experience U.S.-based customer support. It's got your back. Aura's the new type of security service that protects all of your online information and devices with one simple subscription. With an easy online dashboard and alert sent straight to your phone, Aura keeps you in control and guides you through through solving any issues. For a limited time, Aura is offering our listeners up to 40% off plans when you visit Aura.com slash Mayo. So go to Aura.com slash Mayo to get complete protection and savings of up to 40%. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash Mayo. Well, let's talk about just the players in the game in particular. I want to just really focus on Ezekiel Elliott because I found him a really hard player to rank this week in the season-long weekly rankings. I'm glad that he's not on the main slate because I know that people would be fading him. And just using the Run the Sims projections for DK points, you know, his median projections going to his 50, 50th percentile projection is going to be 16 and a half DraftKings points, and his 90th percentile is going to be 26.8. This is a bad matchup. All things considered, he is an eight-point underdog on the road against the league's best run defense. So I'm curious what you think is a realistic outcome for Ezekiel Elliott in this game. Well, I would start off by saying I've been really excited about Ezekiel Elliott all offseason. I think he's in a tremendous situation to succeed this year. I think he's going to come back hungrier and look ready to rock and roll. But this is a heck of a first matchup for him to go against. I'd say the one sort of silver lining, though, to go along with it, obviously, this is maybe a top three run defense in the league, if not top one overall. Um, But we know that defensive numbers don't tend to translate the best year over year. Like if there's anything that's going to change, like it's tough enough to project offense, projecting defense is this whole other ball of wax. And so we don't know for hundred percent certainty that that same, you know, Tampa Bay run defense is going to show up again in week one. They obviously made it through the course of an entire season last year, relatively healthy, made it to the big game, played well, but uh, you know, I, I'm confident that the Cowboys, you know, led by Dak Prescott, 
can emerge with some positive rushing success. Now, I would not say this is a game where I'm super uh, in favor of Zeke breaking the 100-yard rushing bonus or anything like that. But the fact that Zeke is so involved in the offense, not only in the run game, but also in the check down pass game, uh, makes him super valuable. And I don't know how much the team wants to involve Tony Pollard again this year. Uh, That'll be a big question mark surrounding Zeke's ceiling. If we thought that we could get away with, you know, Tony Pollard being mostly an ornament on the sideline, I think uh, that does a lot to help Zeke's ceiling overall. I think for this particular game, and I agree with you that year over year, that defense is hard to really tell you much like a good defense could remain a good defense but there's a gigantic difference between being the number two defense and the number nine defense overall that means they are significantly worse than they were a year ago this is a really interesting example because obviously everyone's a year older but it's essentially the exact same guys that are coming back and playing defense for this team and so rarely do you see that you know you take three guys away you add in three new guys how is that going to meld together will it be the same and i don't know if it's going to necessarily be the same year over year but that continuity i would think has to go a long way especially against a beat up offensive line for Dallas so I think from a rushing perspective I'm not super bullish on what Zeke is up to in this game but I think it hits on what you said is how many passes is he going to catch because I think the way that you would have to piece together a Zeke as captain or even a Zeke as a flex play in this game because the yardage especially on the ground is probably going to be pretty low he's probably not going to get to any of the bonuses is can he get himself to like six catches for 66 yards and maybe punch in two touchdowns from the one yard line. I have to feel like that's the story you have to tell yourself if you want to use Zeke in this spot. Yeah, I mean, and another story you could tell yourself is that this game won't be as high scoring as we like to think it's going to be. Um, obviously, the total's north of 50 right this second, which you know tends to be a pretty good predictor of a, of a shootout type of game. But if the game does stay a little bit more low scoring and there are fewer touchdowns to go around, that obviously reduces the number of points that we need to get from a guy like Ezekiel Elliott. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. This is a super tough matchup. There's no way around it. Um, you know, you couldn't draw up much of a tougher you know, week one opponent for him to go up against. But you know, if this game does get a little bit lopsided, if Dallas is having to throw a little bit more in the second half of this game, um, you know, we do often see that be a big boon to running backs. Like we'd like to think running backs are totally dead when they get game scripted out. But if that running back also happens to catch dump off passes, like that's a good way to move the chains. It's a good way to move the sticks. That's a good way to stay on schedule for a team who might be down a couple scores. So yeah, I'm not trying to shy away from Zeke. I know a lot of people will see the you know defense versus position red letter next to the Tampa Bay defense and, and stay away, but I, I'm going to try not to uh, you know, focus too much on the passing attack here for Dallas and, and make sure I give Zeke uh, adequate exposure in the lineups. So when we think about the Dallas receivers in this spot, it's really hard to project how the target share is going to be divvied up and even what the depth of those targets is going to be. You'd probably assume that Michael Gallup gets, it's funny with his ADUC, is either he's sort of targeted at the line of scrimmage or deep down the field. He seems to be the big hitter here. He's also the cheapest of all the Dallas receivers. Do you think that there's going to be a lean against Amari Cooper? Because we didn't really see all that much of him in the preseason. There's always the narrative that he plays much better at home than he does on the road, much better indoors than he does outdoors and obviously this is going to be outdoors. And then you have 
how bullish everyone is on CD Lamb coming into the season, because especially in week one, whether it's showdown slate or whether it's the main slate, people's season long fantasy drafts get in the way of that. That's still clouding their judgment at that time. They're not looking at this. Hey, this is one isolated game. Just CD Lamb might be by far the best receiver on this team. That doesn't mean that Amari Cooper can't have by far the best single game this particular week. It leads me to believe that Cooper is going to be the one that kind of gets bypassed in this spot. Um, and that would be the assumption that I would want to make when filling out my lineups, especially if I wasn't playing a lot of lineups, because I think that might give me some leverage on the field, having Dak and Cooper in a lineup. Yeah, I think that's really smart. And um, yeah, if you wanted to get really unique, you might be able to play both of them together in a single lineup. But yeah, people have been super quick to go ahead and put the crown on CD Lamb this year. And I do wonder if that's totally premature because um, you know, we haven't seen a big drop off from Amari Cooper. Like I still think he is a phenomenal wide receiver just because CD lamb might be a really promising second year player. Let's not forget. Like, I mean, the Cowboys are in deep with uh, Amari Cooper and he's been a great player for them over the years so far and has a tremendous relationship built up already with Dak Prescott. I think he comes in and I think it's fair to assume that in this week one game, they should be able to rely on him. Now, granted, you know, the, the receivers in this offense have missed some times for various reasons over the course of this offseason um you know there wasn't uh, there was about a month there where i think the only thing i saw on twitter were cd lamb training camp highlights uh so that's been a thing but he's recently come off the covid list and so he's missed a, a smidge of time there as well so yeah, i think they're back on a level playing field which i think to me you know everything else being neutral uh amari cooper could stand to be the three or four percent target share favorite uh, in this week one matchup. Yeah, it's really interesting. How do you think that the tight ends, because the tight ends, the kickers, and the defenses for the Dallas side, especially on DraftKings, could factor into this? Like, how you get a defensive score right away that basically nullifies out a lot of the offense just because they're going to run fewer plays and it probably adds plays to the Tampa Bay defense and vice versa when we talk about them. I, I'm just always really hesitant to put in defenses or kickers into my lineup, but sometimes you see them in the optimal. It happens. Yeah, exactly. So they have to be sort of mixed in, you know, I think trying to nail down when's the right time to play defense and when's the right time to play kicker can often be a fool's errand. Like you'll often, what'll happen is you'll, you'll want to play the, you know, it was the Pats defense you know, a year or two ago when they just seemed to go nuclear all the time and you wanted to play them. But guess what? I mean, when everybody else plays them, there goes the leverage associated with having them in your lineup. And so it's usually when a team is really popular to play on defense is the time to not play them and then vice versa. So here we've got a game where, you know, Vegas implies a shootout. However, the good thing about shootouts is that they can actually still be really good for defensive scoring on DraftKings. Like so, so little of the DK score at the end of the day uh, for a defense is made up of points allowed. And I know that's sort of the, the initial driver that everybody thinks about. But what we really want is dropbacks. What we really want is opportunities for the defense to create pressure. That's when bad things happen for offenses, sacks, turnovers, pick sixes. Um, you know, return opportunities, things of that nature. So we don't need a low scoring game to play a defense. And, you know, I would think that there's a really good shot, you know, with so many sexy options across the board up top that these defenses could go uh, very much under the radar, including the Dallas defense. I mean, we've seen Tom Brady obviously play elite levels of football, but he's not immune from turning the ball over. In fact, most really great quarterbacks sort of insist on the ability to try to fit the ball into tight windows 
in order to, you know, sort of extract the most value. And that means they're occasionally going to throw an interception and that's, that's fine. So while this Dallas defense may be absolutely terrible, doesn't mean they can not play good, uh, good enough to get into your DraftKings lineups. So I do want to let everyone know if you're looking for Monday night football or Thursday night football DraftKings showdown picks every single week. Uh, my guy, the Griff Dog, Griffin Swanson, is going to have those on the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets audio feed, and they will be up on Mayo Media Network as well, along with prize picks. And hey, if you're here, you might as well play in the prize picks super props contest that we got going on at Mayo Media Network as well. Uh, just hit the description, you'll find everything down there. But it costs $7.11 a week. If you already have a prize picks account, then you can play. You just play a $7.11 entry every single week, and you're in the contest. First prize is going to be three grand as a bonus to you on top of what you win on a weekly basis there's also $50 bonuses each week if you do pick props five for five over on prizepicks.com but you have not deposited as of yet and you do want to play in the contest just follow the link down in the description or go to prizepicks.com and use the code mmn at checkout And when you deposit they will match your deposit up to a hundred dollars if you just uh, if you just deposit $65 you get the match of 65 and then you're covered for all 18 weeks to play in this contest I'm playing in it I'm going to convince just Justin to play in it. Cust is playing in it. Jeff's playing in it. We want to play against you guys. I mean, I'm going to take your money, obviously, because I'm definitely going to win this. Just a big bonus for me. But hey, if you think you're better than me, come play in the competition. We'll find out who actually is the best at picking props. And there's tools at runthesims.com to find the best props as well, whether it's a good over or good under wager. And you can pick rushing yards, fantasy points, whatever it is, the combination that you want. So check that out. Prizepicks.com, code MMN at deposit. Description for full details details let's talk about the tampa offense because i think this is where a lot of it's going to be unlocked you hit on defenses to start bucks defense seems like a really good play here we know they're an attacking defense they have a high projected point total they're expected to face a lot of pass attempts and they're going up against a banged up offensive line that that smells like success to me yeah, the Bucks defense is definitely in play. I imagine they'll be a lot more popular than the Dallas defense, and, and rightfully so. I think there's a lot more opportunity for them to be able to pin their ears back against this Dallas offense, um, and that could reap benefits. But obviously picking and when uh, you know a defense is going to go off uh, can be a really, really tough thing to do. I think I'd rather sort of pick my edges around some of the you know further down the depth chart type of decisions that we have to make. Uh, in this Tampa offense, you, you mentioned sort of the running back split there between Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, but we also have you know, a third person that's now a part of this mix and Giovanni Bernard. And it, uh, you know, time has yet to tell exactly what type of role Gio will have in this offense. We saw Lombardi Lenny obviously struggle to catch the ball, as did Ronald Jones, for that matter, a, a pair of brick handed rec- receivers out of the backfield. And they brought in Giovanni Bernard, who, you know, I think if you told yourself the best possible story for Gio Bernard you'd say well he could be the James White of this uh you know former Patriots offense that's now down in Tampa Bay and if that's the case now all of a sudden he becomes really interesting there at cost and so you know trying to figure out what that running back rotation is going to look like is super interesting um yeah I have Ronald Jones as a slight favorite to lead in terms of rushes I have Fournette is a slight favorite to lead Jones in terms of receiving volume. And, uh, but I have it as pretty much a right down the middle split between those two guys. And then Giovanni Bernard coming off the bench to provide some relief. And I think he's a guy that you could see take advantage 
of a negative game script. Not that I truly expect one here for Tampa in this game. And then after the running backs, you have to think about what this tight end rotation is going to look like because that evolved over the course of last season too. You have Rob Gronkowski and Cameron Brait sort of as the one-two option, but also you're getting O.J. Howard back in this game. So with a fully healthy O.J. Howard now in the offense, uh, how much will Bruce Arians lean on him as a receiving option? Obviously, we've seen him have tremendous success uh, as a sort of a deep threat tight end, which is not something we get all the time. But if he can sort of lift the lid, then you know he would be a tremendous low-priced dart throw for us to consider in this offense. But you know, as you think about sort of the receivers that are behind Evans, Godwin, and Brown, there's not a ton of uh, interest for me in playing you know sort of a Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson type. Uh, but what I would do, though, Pat, is when the inactives are announced and inactives are announced 90 minutes before every NFL game, what we'll do is we'll find out that, you know, Jalen Darden is not suiting up or Tyler Johnson is not suiting up. And that gives us just a smidge more market share of targets to give to other dudes in this offense. And that can help us sort of crystallize the picture around where to expect the ball to go. I think taking advantage of some of those last minute nuggets and then rerunning your Sims can be a really big way to get an advantage over your opponents. So all you can do to do that, if you're on runthesims.com, once again, slash mayo to get that 10% discount, is you can just set them to zero right now if you wanted to, if that's what you anticipate, then reallocate that market share onto someone else, or just wait until the inactives are released, wait 10 minutes and the site will be updated, right? Yeah, exactly. So you can um, you can do it yourself. You can wait for us to do it. Either way you want to do it is is totally fine. Uh, but you know, it is picking up those little crumbs that can give you a big edge over your opponents because, like, let's just say all of a sudden it's Scotty Miller and his four percent target share that we have projected is is you know sort of a inactive there at the last second. Then all of a sudden, you know, Mike Evans is looking a little juicier. Chris Godwin's looking a little juicier. Maybe Antonio Brown looks like he'll stay on the field a little bit more. Something like that. You you choose. You make the decisions. And uh, you can sort of influence things that way. But, yeah, I do think these tight ends are really interesting. I've got Gronk as the target favorite right now. Um, he obviously will, will have his up weeks and his down weeks. And, you know, his scoring is usually really tied to touchdowns. But, you know, I'm not out on, you know, Gronk and Brady running back, you know, what they did in the Super Bowl again here in week one. Yeah, it's really the Tampa offense is like a Rubik's cube that if you can really solve it in real time this week, it feels like that's how you're going to unlock all the big money, both on DraftKings and in the player prop market. So let's try to go, let's try to make some assumptions about these teams and then I'll rerun the Sims. Maybe that's the lineup that I'll go with for the week that I think that we need to pick a lane of which receiver do we think is going to be really good in this contest. And like I, when I went through the stats a little bit earlier, I mentioned like Chris Godwin is the most consistent one, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the best one in this particular game. Like, do you think, so there's one of two builds we could go with here one is the tampa defense build that they actually do some scoring and then i would probably want the dallas players to go along with it i know that seems counterintuitive but that would just keep the tampa bay offense off the field if you can get lucky with the tampa bay score maybe run just an overload maybe even a four two of dallas players to tampa players and have the defense mixed in there uh, i think that will be relatively unique i mean it's obviously not going to be you're not going to be the only person that plays that but i think that's an interesting way to think about this game or if we just wanted to pick and choose some of the guys from Tampa Bay do you think that Godwin would be the guy to go with I think that Antonio Brown if we just really juiced him up so if we go over to the projections and yeah. we tell ourselves an Antonio Brown story here so let's say that you know Darden does nothing let's just 
get rid of all of his share. We put him down to zero, and we'll add his 3% onto Antonio Brown. So that brings him up to 16% market share. Tower Johnson, yeah, that's good. We'll keep him at four. We'll keep Scotty Miller at two. I mean, he probably gets more than that, but who cares? We're doing this as a fun thought experiment. And then we're going to bump down Mike Evans to 15%. 15. Oh, I got the non in there right now. So we got 15%. That gives us another five to throw around. We'll keep Godwin the same. So we'll bump up Antonio around to 23%, and we'll say that he has a, just such an awesome game. He catches the ball 80% of the time. It is thrown his way, and we're going to bump down. We'll even bump down Chris Godwin to 10%. We'll take away 8% from him in the market share and bump up 8% on Antonio Brown in the touchdowns. Oh, boy, there we go. What did I do now? We'll go to, uh, just bump him up to 20%. See how we're doing in that. There you go. All right. So now we have a really good Antonio Brown game. Because I'm thinking that with the backfield, like in this sort of game where they're throwing, does that mean that it's all Antonio Brown on offense all the time? Or does that mean that they're trailing? Because I do think that if they're trailing in this spot, Giovanni Bernard does become somewhat unlocked. But if they're ahead, and that's a story that I want to tell myself, then I don't think that we see a ton of Giovanni Bernard. I mean, A, he is a little bit banged up, but it seems like a negative gain script or third downs only or where you're going to see him. So I think I would probably want to lean with Ronald Jones in that spot too. So with the way that I'm thinking about it, right now is could i play brady brown and ronald jones and maybe the tampa defense and then just go crazy and try to go cooper and dak on the other side because i think that lineup would work yeah if that fits under the salary cap i think that's uh an interesting way to go four two uh is maybe not the most unique but it's certainly more unique than a three three balance build and it depends on which one you're able to get in as your captain selection here as well i think we want to try to steer away from the quarterback captain if we can especially if we're going to be right up against the salary cap if we've got a lot of um you know salary cap left to spare perhaps we can get away with it but let's try to stay away from that 50k max and i think we'll be pretty unique so I'll do this too. I'll lean it towards Ronald Jones. So I'll bump him up to a 55% market share of the rushes and bump him up to a 49% share of the touchdowns and just take it all away from Fournette. And see, this is like half the time we're going to see Ronald Jones on the field, a quarter of the time we're going to see Fournette on the field. Then we'll get a splicing in of Giovanni Bernard and maybe some Tom Brady sneak action when he gets into it. Just hope that, I guess if we're playing Brady, then it's all good if he wants to rush in some of these touchdowns. They'd probably be more beneficial in our lineups if it was going to be Ronald Jones so on the other side let's just really gear this game towards Amari Cooper so we'll bump down CeeDee Lamb to 15% of the market share and that will make Amari Cooper 26% just make that one simple adjustment and then see what happens and I'm going to rerun the Sims and see if it gives me the lineup that uh, that I'm thinking about when I put it through maybe the Tampa defense doesn't end up in the main one that I have but you know Tom Brady Antonio Brown Dak Prescott Ronald Jones Amari Cooper would be my top five in terms of overall most optimal in the settings that I have just put in and then with my custom lineups so Antonio Brown is captain Ronald Jones Dak Gallup Amari Cooper and Brady so that gives me a 3-3 then you have Dak as captain a lot of Antonio Brown is captain. A lot of Ronald Jones is captain when it comes down to this now with almost uh, Ronald Jones and Antonio Brown in every lineup. So here's sort of the one that I was looking at right here. Antonio Brown is captain. This came out uh, as the fourth most optimal lineup uh, when I ran it 5,000 times. It spit this one out 30 times and it's only 48 
$48,200 of the salary cap. It's Antonio Brown as captain, Dak Prescott with Amari Cooper, Ronald Jones, Tom Brady, and Buxty. I think I like that lineup. I think that might be my one. I I think you need to go enter that right now. You need to play a single entry. Uh, Don't do Pat. Uh, (laughs) Go ahead and play that, man. That's a really sick lineup. I love that it's $1,800. Is it $1,800 below the cap? And uh, I mean, that's that's like the sweet spot to me. Like, I think if you're leaving like 5K on the table, you can get really unique that way, obviously. But uh, to me, that's giving up too many projected points this has a real legit opportunity to 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 thrive basically with the exact game script that you just described which is you know some sort of score for the tampa defense you know the rest of the tampa offense scores via antonio brown and perhaps via ronald jones and and then dak prescott concentrates his target usage to mark cooper i love it i think that makes total sense and it's right in the sweet spot and antonio brown won't be the most popular captain out there this week no, I, I most definitely think that he'll probably be the third option of the Tampa Bay receivers, I think, in the captain yeah. spot. But may, maybe not because he's cheaper. So it, people might feel like if you use Antonio Brown, I would wager that Gronk is probably a more popular captain than Antonio Brown this week, though. I think there's something to it. I mean, people definitely have recency bias. And the last thing we saw from Gronk was a two-touchdown game in the Super Bowl. Um, he, he's going to be highly owned. Uh, I, I don't anticipate as highly owned as the uh, the three wide sets from each of those teams, but uh, you know, he's certainly in play. I love your lineup, Pat. I, I may steal it myself. I'm not going to lie. Well, put it this way. If you've ever wanted to come in last place, like see yourself legitimately in last place in the contest, that might be the lineup for you. Gotcha. Well, I mean, uh, I, I've come in last place many a times. It happens when you're shooting as many darts as, as I'm doing. Uh, you know, you finish towards the top of the green quite a bit and towards the bottom of the gray. Uh, decent enough. All right. Justin Freeman, co-founder of runthesims.com. Once again, runthesims.com slash mayo to get 10% off. We just kind of showed you just how I'm using it this year. Justin has a bunch of tutorials up there as well. Justin, are you going to play in the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League for the main slate, though? Yeah, I think I have to. I think that's the the actually very next thing I'm getting ready to do is is hop in your listener league, like rake free, right? Fifteen bucks. Yeah, rake free five. And, and I've made sure that it's completely flat payouts because I did see a pretty interesting thread. I forget who it was from. I think it was Jordan Cooper the other day that you know you don't really min caching isn't great. I mean, it's it's better than losing, obviously. But min caching yeah. in DraftKings contest, I mean, you get like fifty percent. Like if you put in ten dollars, you win fifteen dollars. Like that's that's not really doing you all that well if you're playing multiple lineups, at least in the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League, because there's no rake and there's flat payouts. Everyone who cashes gets at least double their money. So if you finish in the money, you get 30 on your $15 entry. And just little edges like that really go a long way to be able to sustain your bankroll. They really do. And people forget that. I mean, you have to ask yourself, how many times have you ever finished first in a large field tournament? And the answer is probably zero times for the vast majority of people. And so aren't you kind of tired of paying for other people's prizes? Why don't you want your money to go towards the positions where you'll tend to finish, which can often be not the 0.001% at the very, very top. So, you know, look for flat playout, payout structures. You don't want to be playing in contests where you know 40% of the money is going to first place unless, you know, you've got a strategy dedicated towards beating that. But the vast majority of us do not. 
not. And so look for that. Look for at least 2x on your money every time you mend cash. Um, that extra 50% uh, can go a long way in helping you sustain a role throughout the season. Yeah, the, the payouts this week, there's 5,000 spots available. It's a guaranteed prize pool. So get in right now. And the link is in the description, like I mentioned. Uh, so it's $5,000 to first in a $5,000 tournament. I really wanted these flat payouts. So it's 5,000, 3,000, 2,500, 2,000, 1,500, 1,000. And then you still get 750, 500, 300, 250, all the way down to if you do min cash, you get. $30 uh, on the way back. I like these contests better. I work with them for these rules because I want people to play in this contest every single week. Like people don't get the opportunity to have rake free contests all the time. Uh, frankly, yeah. what is there like two of them that exist? And this is one of them. This is the largest one of them. It's a guaranteed prize, but we need to fill it every single time or else they're just going to make it smaller on us. Exactly. And, and to be honest, if you're like a $50 a week type of player, you should absolutely be playing this and nothing else but this tournament. Um, so, so go in there and make it bigger for sure. Um, yeah, I think knowing when to play certain tournaments is a, is a skill in and, in and of itself. Playing in rake-free contests gets no better than that. Yeah. All right. Justin Freeman, what else you got going on this week? You doing any more media? I saw you over on the Fantasy Headliners YouTube page. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we're doing, I'm doing a spot a week over there for the fantasy headliners. They've got a huge audience. Um, and we're trying to get, we're trying to spread the good news of run the Sims uh, to the, uh, to the good people over at fantasy headliners. And so I'll be around all season. Um, yeah, I'll be doing some content occasionally over on the run the Sims YouTube channel. You can go over there and check things out. Um, but you know, overall, I just want to encourage folks to get an account on run the Sims. We've got some really cool free stuff so you can get a free account, but the really good stuff is paywalled. So as Pat mentioned, use code Mayo at checkout, that's 10% off currently. So get 10% off a season long sub right now with code Mayo. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. If you're interested in sort of turning knobs and levers, or you're kind of a, a nerd when it comes to DFS, this can be for you. Or if you're not really a nerd, like we've got enough stuff out there to help you figure it out and, you know, put you back in contention for winning big fields. Uh, tournaments essentially if i can use it anyone can use it because i am an absolute <laughs> moron and it's pretty easy for me to go in and you just saw to twist the numbers or I, I can tell because the thing is like no one's giving you picks you have the baseline assumptions from you that are in there which i should probably just stick with but i'm like no i know better than the computer i know better than justin let me tell the computer what to do and then it will give me what i tell it to do like that's perfect that's all i've ever wanted with a football tool set so now i got it and you now let's see if i can actually put it to good use and win some money this year hopefully the lineup i just gave out one no one else plays it and i win a million bucks and then then you'll just never see me again so maybe you maybe that's just a win a best case scenario for all people who knows Let's talk about Latavius Murray because he got cut by the New Orleans Saints because he didn't want to restructure his deal. Where is he going to surface? Well, we'll get to that in a minute because, frankly, I don't know. There's a lot of speculation from people on the internet. But here's the thing about internet people, Pat Mayo included, wrong a lot of the time. So speculation is what we'll be doing in a second. But how does that really affect the New Orleans Saints? Well, Elvin Kamara is number two in my running back rankings. He's number two overall for the week for me amongst all players. So... Not really much on that front. It's now comes down to Tony Jones Jr. as the backup or Dwayne Washington, who is familiar with this system because he was on the team last year. So 
I don't know where it's going to go. I would gamble if you're still drafting or you have a pickup to make on Tony Jones. He's the one who sort of balled out in the preseason. Not that the preseason means anything, but he was getting that run in place of Latavius Murray. And this is really just a backup conversation. Do you want to have a backup to Elvin Kamara? Whether you own him or not, I don't think that really matters. What you're looking for is a situation where if Kamara was to go down, would Tony Jones then become the guy like Latavius Murray used to become the guy for the Saints? I don't know if it's going to be that pronounced where Tony Jones steps into 90% of the snaps type role, but if he gets like the 60-40 split over Dwayne Washington, that's a guy you could probably use in your flex. So that would be the pickup that I would go make if you have the room for it. It's not a must add at this point, but if you're in the last round of your draft uh, and you're you know just waiting a few days because you don't want to draft a kicker using that extra bench spot, that's a name that you can put on your radar. If you have the room, go make that move right now. I wouldn't cut Latavius Murray as of yet if you are holding on to him just to see if he resurfaces somewhere where he has a path to playing time or at least in a very similar situation where he was at in New Orleans, where if someone goes down, he just takes over the job. And many are speculating that is going to be Baltimore. However, the Ravens signed Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. He's back to the practice squad for the Ravens, although he is expected to be signed to the 53-man roster in the upcoming days once he passes a physical and everything like that. So that doesn't mean that Latavius Murray is out in Baltimore. It just means it's probably a thinner path right now. So the other places that I was trying to brainstorm, like where would he actually fit in? Well... The Rams could make some sense because as we'll get to both, you know, Sony Michelle might not have a full workload in week one, might not be completely up to speed on the offense. And Daryl Henderson still dealing with this thumb injury, although he is expected to play. That could be a possibility. The frightening part, because I have a lot of Mike Davis, is Atlanta. Yes, they signed Wayne Gallman, but right now, core Daryl Patterson's actually listed as the running back two on the Falcons depth chart. I, you know, when Gallmania starts running wild, everything is over, but I have enough Mike Davis in my life at this point because, hey, volume, that's great. But if Murray goes there in division, he would know the Saints playbook, bring some of that intel over. That's the old school Patriots move, sounding like the biggest jabronis from the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills just to get the info from them and then cutting them loose, you know, giving them a little bit of a payday, cutting them loose. But Murray is probably, you put Murray as it stands right now on the Falcons, he's probably the best running back. So I'm hoping as a Mike Davis owner that that doesn't happen because that would legitimately terrify me. Like Galvin was bad enough being like, well, he could be better than Mike Davis too, but it's going to take him a while to get worked into this. Murray could hit the ground running starting in like week two if he ends up going to the Falcons. So I'm praying that is not going to be the case. However, it does seem very logical, doesn't it? That would be, I wouldn't say a perfect fit. Not that he's going to be you know, some sort of great shakes in Atlanta, but he'd definitely be worth rostering for the potential opportunity that could bring to him in the fantasy realm. In Baltimore, I mentioned Le'Veon Bell. Now, if Murray goes there, all bets are off with this. Obviously, Gus Edwards is the one you want to own at the moment. However, we also have other guys like Tyson Williams, the man with the most bizarre apostrophe in the history of sports it, it just makes no sense to me i don't know what the apostrophe is standing in for and it just i look at it i'm like i don't know what's going on with this but either way he would be the late round pickup right now i probably still want tony jones at the moment because i think bell hurts tyson more than anyone on the ravens not that you want bell but if it was to hurt anything it would be him but he's another late round flyer i would still take tony jones over tyson but that's just the way that i'm playing it out right now if you play in a deeper league maybe you own both of them because you need backup running backs for days and these are guys, at least at the moment, who have a theoretical shot at playing time should anything happen to the starter. I mentioned Cordell Patterson. He is now listed as second on the death chart in Atlanta. They did re-sign Quadre Olsen to the practice squad. No 
word yet on whether he'll get elevated to the 53-man roster. It probably depends on how quickly Wayne Gallman gets up to speed in this new Atlanta offense. I would assume that's going to be pretty quickly. So it does seem like we're safe for Mike Davis for one week. After that, it appears like all bets are off. In other depth chart news, Tevin Coleman is listed as number one on the depth chart for the New York Jets right now. He's very familiar with the offense that was brought over from San Francisco. We expect Coleman. He's never really been a full-time player, so it's not like he's just going to have every single carry on the team. And they are five-and-a-half-point dogs in this game. If they do fall behind early, then you probably don't see a ton of Tevin Coleman unless they're just really committed to establishing the run. But the more that the game flow and the game script favors a running attack for the Jets, I would expect to see a lot of Tevin Coleman. I have him the highest ranked of all Jets running backs right now which is not very high spoiler alert you can check the ranks as i update them through the week but right now i have tevin coleman as running back number 32 for the week that leaves michael hurricane carter at 43 and ty johnson at 50 i was considering bumping up ty johnson to be the best of these guys but i really don't know how the receiving game shakes down out of this backfield it has been johnson it was johnson last year so if zach wilson has like a little binky blanket in him i'm hoping it's tyler croft at the tight end position but if it is johnson who's on the field we know that he's a very capable pass catcher and this, if this is a situation where they fall down by 10 or 14 sometime you know early in the second quarter which is definitely within the range of outcomes right now then we're in a situation where ty johnson could be on the field a bunch and it just kind of kills everyone's value so that's why i'm not going over the moon with tevin coleman he's probably the most valuable one if there's going to be a rushing score from the three yard line it probably belongs to tevin coleman now i don't know that for sure that's the assumption that i'm making and you know i have to do rankings and list the players in order so that's the way that i went with it so number 32 in the running back rankings is tevin coleman i do also want to let you know is that uh, i'm running a props contest this year it's a season-long props contest you pick overs or unders on rushing yards or passing yards or fantasy points you pick five of them every single week and you do that on prizepicks.com if that's available in your state which it available in over half the states or canada so you can do that pretty easily if you're already uh, you already have an account money on prize picks you just play one entry of seven dollars and eleven cents every single week with those five picks and you're in the mayo media network contest competing against me and jeff and cuss and all of the friends of the network and top prize is three grand plus whatever you win along the way there's weekly bonuses if you get all five picks right if you don't have an account at prize picks just go to prizepicks.com and use code mmn at at deposit and you get a deposit match of up to $100. So you deposit $100, they give you another $100 so you have $200 to play with. If you want to play in the 7-Eleven contest all year long, it's only going to cost you 130 bucks over those 18 weeks. So if you deposit $65 with code MMN, they will give you $65 and you are covered for the year. You want to make that simple on yourself? There is a link, shockingly, in the description along with all the rules. So please support the network by subscribing and playing in this contest because, I mean, they're giving away free money. It's 3000 to first. I think it's 1500 to second, 1000 for third. There's also a prize for coming in last place if you're truly that horrible. Although Cust is playing every single week, so he probably has that on lockdown. Maybe you'll luck in and he won't put it in his picks. You have to play all 18 weeks to win the booby prize of coming in last. You truly need to make horrendous picks. And if you're that good at making bad picks you should be that good at making good picks so keep that in mind Thursday night football from the Dallas side. Uh, Zach Martin and Brandon Knight on the offensive line are out. Lyle Collins is going to play for the first time since 2019, which is good news. That Bucks D is going to look rather ferocious, though, with very few, at least without Martin there and everyone coming back almost full strength. 
on the Buccaneers' defensive line. We saw what they did to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They might do that to Dak Prescott. I broke down the Thursday night showdown contest with Justin Freeman for DraftKings, and Tampa Bay D is not a bad play, even if you use Dallas guys. It's showdown. It's a completely different strategy, which we talked through. That's one that I like right now. I currently have... Where are they at? The Buccaneers. I had the Buccaneers very low on the list at number 14. That was before I knew of all of these injuries, and they are going to get upgraded to number five in the defense rankings for the week. That's one spot behind the Denver Broncos, one spot ahead of the Los Angeles Chargers. So that's where they will now fall. The other news for the Thursday night football game is Antonio Brown and Gio Bernard seem like they're good to go. Tuesday was a limited practice because of a quad injury that was sustained on Tuesday for Chris Godwin. Whether he's going to play or not, we don't know. I would expect him to play. I'm not changing the rankings as of yet, except for I bumped up Antonio Brown to be a fringe top 30 option. But that could get flopped around very quickly with the more news we hear about Chris Godwin going forward. So just keep an eye. If you're a Godwin owner, you don't want to take a zero in the first game of the season in your lineups. I don't think it's going to come to that, but you have to monitor the news on the situation. I should have an update for you on actually just subscribe to fantasy football picks and bets the audio version they'll have injury updates every single day over on that feed that is more of the news source feed the pat mayo experience feed bit of news more laughs than anything else hunter henry is expected to play he's not a guarantee to play but he's expected to play for the new england patriots i actually only made one slight move i put him into the rankings at number 20 at tight end don't necessarily trust his full health as of yet and i bumped down Jonu smith by one spot he is now tight end number 13 for the week i bumped tyler croft up for the jets the only tight end that they have lurking around right now in what could be a very pass heavy script to number 12 those are just very minimal moves within the rankings so far this week once again check out the show with jake seeley if you want to go do that now if you disagree with me here's one that can really put be put into play jake and i debated this a lot it's saquon barkley so it seems like saquon is going to play but playing doesn't mean he's necessarily going to have a full workload so i had him a bit higher jake talked me off that ledge and i had him a bit lower but i've readjusted it by one spot i dropped him down to number 18 in the rankings that was one spot behind clyde edwards alaire i was like you know what yes clyde edwards alaire is coming back from injury as well and daryl williams is going to play for the chiefs I'd still rather I'd still rather hitch my wagon to Saquon. Now, here's the thing. If you drafted Saquon, you likely don't have two better options to play at running back anyway, so this is all a moot point. You're going to play Saquon Barkley. I just don't trust the floor for him this week. If they get down by a bunch, do they pull him? If they get up by a bunch, do they pull him? Do they do into a split situation with Devontae Booker? Also, they can't block. Their quarterback sucks. The team is just riddled with injuries right now. So it doesn't seem to be a very good situation for Boku fantasy points at the moment, but I do have him as running back number 17. That's behind Gus Edwards, James Robinson, Mike Davis, Saquon, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Damian Harris, Miles Sanders, Raheem Colonel Mostart in the running back rankings. Now, if there's more information provided on Saquon Barkley, then you know what? I'll change my tune on this sort of thing, but that's the way you want to do it. The reason I bring this up because when you see projection systems, they're going to be all over the place. Maybe you don't use projection systems. However, runthesims.com has customizable projections, and you can run each game 5,000, 10,000 times, whatever you want, to see what it spits it out. So when you look at the baseline projections, they probably have Saquon at a market share of like 50%, not knowing what's going in. But if you have a very strong lean... 
A, you should probably use them on DraftKings this weekend in the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. Or two, you can go into RunTheSims.com, edit his market share of rushes and receptions if you think that he's going to get a full workload. Because a full workload would look like 85% of the rushes for the Giants. Probably a bit less because Daniel Jones runs. Let's call it 75% of the rushes for the Giants and like 12 to 13% of the target share. All of a sudden, that would make him like a top three back for the week, even going against a good defense like the Broncos. So that's really about your risk tolerance this week. I just think with everyone healthy, no bye weeks, that there's a bounty of options that you could potentially go to. And you could have been in a situation where you drafted earlier in the year, or you just loaded up at running back in the middle rounds, and those guys got elevated positions like Gus Edwards or James Robinson as the preseason went along, that you just might have safer floor options. Definitely not the same upside as Barkley if he's full go. That's why you drafted him where you drafted him. But for week one, I think you can get by without having to inherit that risk. Maybe you like to live dangerously like your Austin Danger Powers. But if not, you're going to be more like me, because Danger is certainly not my middle name. I'm not, like, the safest player in the world, but I want to make some logical decisions. But runthesims.com slash mayo gets you the 10% discount off all those premium tools. And if you want to go in and adjust as an optimizer, game simulations, head-to-head start-sit tools with a range of outcomes as well, there's a ton of tools up there. But you can go in and make your edits to see what that tells you as well if you're on the fence about playing one player versus another. So once again, runthesims.com slash mayo for that discount. Other than that, I removed Evan Ingram from the rankings. He's a long shot to play in week one. Even if he does end up playing, I'll probably put him back in at like 22 because there's a guy I don't trust to begin with and he's hurt. Yeah, not a great combo, pal. Uh, Noah Fant, I did put into the rankings after initially having him out because I didn't think he was going to play with the leg. Now it looks like he's going to play with the leg. He's at number 14 in the rankings right now at tight end. I think he's a decent play, but he's also a no floor player like most tight ends. If you're not scoring a touchdown at tight end, you're not like one of five elite guys. Chances are you're probably going to score like four points in the week, so it really doesn't matter. So if you think he's going to score a touchdown, play him. If not, probably sit him. I think Tyler Croft is going to score a touchdown, so that's why I'm going with that. So Evan Ingram probably not going to play. Caden Smith, also unsure of his status against the Broncos, which means Kyle Rudolph might have to play, but he's been out all preseason with a foot injury, so Giants tight ends, stay away. Kenny Galladay, uh, my only note on him is who fucking knows what he's up to, any of these fucking receivers. Slayton's hurt, Tony's hurt, hunky Tony! Kenny Galladay, he's hurt, some of them may play, others may not. Sterling Shepard is playing, so he'd be the one that I would play if I was forced into a Giants receiver at this point. Daryl Henderson, as I mentioned earlier, is expected to play in week one. And Sony Michelle is expected to be active in week one as well. That would lean me towards a bigger split towards Henderson if he is at least 80% healthy with his thumb injury going into week one. So I like him a lot more than I like Sony Michelle, at least for this week. We'll see what happens in week two if we get a situation where McVeigh really leans on Sony Michelle or doesn't use him at all. If he uses him a ton, that's bad news for Henderson going forward. If he doesn't use him at all, that could just be indicative that he was not ready to play in this offense. And then we're sitting where we're at right now, just not knowing how this is going to go forward, whether he is a true backup or he's in a true timeshare, or all of a sudden he's the guy handling the rock between the 20s. All three of those possibilities are in play right now. I would start Henderson with confidence in week one, not over Barkley, but very close. Uh, They're right around that range of low running back two is where I would want them. Carson Wentz looks like he's going to start in week one. T.Y. Hilton, he's not playing. He's got neck problems. And with Wentz, he had COVID. He's got this foot injury. I don't know how good he's going to be. I love Seattle in that game. If you watch the spread pick show, Seattle is my super lock for week one. Although I 
came below 500 in my super locks last year. So maybe it's good to bet the opposite of those. Who knows? Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Daryl Johnson both expected to play. Brendan Ayuk returned to practice on Monday. He's expected to go against the Lions opposite Debo Samuel. I like Debo better because I had bumped Ayuk down in the rankings a little bit. You can check the description for the link to find those. DeAndre Swift appears like he is going to play. At least that's what Tarzan Dan, PC principal Dan Campbell, has to say out of Detroit. How much is he going to play? I don't know. Probably not a ton. Probably 50% of the time at best. You probably still have to play him. Although in the face of better options, like I have him ranked at, where is he at for this week? I have him ranked at number 25 in the ranking. So that's behind Daryl Henderson. That's one spot ahead of Ronald Jones. But if you wanted to play Jones or that bitch, Miles Gaskin or Kareem Hunt or even Chase Edmonds or Josh Jacobs, I mean... I couldn't fault you for doing that. There's a lot of risk inherited with DeAndre Swift. And maybe we'll find out on Friday he's not playing. Then I'd have to bump up Jamal Williams. But as it stands right now, Swift and Williams are very close together as flex plays at best. Uh, That's probably all you can really hope for because it's an injury situation and it's a terrible matchup against the Niners. Let's not overlook that part of it either. Curtis Samuel is trending towards playing in week one for the Washington footballs, but he's no guarantee with this groin injury and getting up to speed for conditioning for week one because he sat out almost all of the preseason. Jamison Crowder may have a chance to play week one at Carolina. He's on the COVID list right now. If not, Elijah Moore probably gets a full run of snaps. I would have to bump him up a lot more than I already have him. Probably a low 40s type receiver. Corey Davis is still the one you want to play here. Or it could just mean more slot reps for my guy, Tyler Croft. Wouldn't that be great? 2,500 bucks on DK. Mike Williams is banged up for the Chargers and things that don't surprise anyone and he'll probably play a few snaps get a target then get hurt and have to come off the field but then he'll be back in and then get hurt when he gets targeted again so i just don't trust mike williams you want to play him of course he has upside but it's not a great matchup against washington and it's mike williams who's already going into the big game banged up probably not the best anthony miller back at practice for the texans for the first time since dislocating his shoulder on august 23rd We're not playing Anthony Miller. Brennan, too many cooks is the only guy that you want to play from that team in week one. I think maybe you're like, your team sucks and you have to play Philip Lindsay. Hopefully in week one, your team isn't at that point yet. DJ Chark and his finger should be ready for week one. Mav Jones. Harry! Okay, Marv. He's going to be ready for week one with his shoulder, the AC joint sprain. So that's great news. And Jacksonville did sign Duke Johnson uh, as a backup. Wouldn't expect too much out of him in week one, but it's be interesting to see how involved he gets in the mix with Ozigbo and Hyde behind James Robinson as the primary number two, or maybe they use like three people. Will Fuller, the roids, he is out. That's like the injection roids, I think. Not the whole roids, but either way, he's not playing in week one. Well, if he didn't have a bad case of holeroids, he probably wouldn't be able to play either. Those things fucking hurt. Trust me. Not great, pals. Uh, Adam Shaheen, COVID. He's out for week one because he's unvaccinated, which means he has to miss like the full 10 days. He doesn't get the benefit of the doubt by being double vaxxed and testing double negative and being allowed to come back. So he's out. He's not playing. Adam Troutman, uh, monitor his status for the Saints during the week. He was carted off on August 23rd. And we haven't seen him since. He might play Joanna Man Johnson, who has the wide receiver tight end status. Could be a play on the Saints, especially with their lack of depth in the receiving game. But we'll just see how that shakes out a lot closer to it. Monday Night Football is just all Raven stuff. Obviously, Justice Hill is now out for the year uh, in the backfield with this Achilles tear. Le'Veon Bell sign. Tyson Williams is right now the handcuff, unless something changes by the time I finish recording this, which it always seems to do. But he would be the primary handcuff to Gus Edwards right now. And we do know in the Baltimore offense, the third, well, I mean, 
running back Lamar Jackson, the next guy, the next guy right now is Tyson Williams. He'll probably still get some run, like five to 10 touches a game. We'll see how that shakes out. Maybe he's great. Who knows? Hollywood Brown says he feels like he's 100%, which is great news because Bateman's out, Boykin's out, Watkins is back at practice. No word on whether or not he'll play, but if he doesn't play, that means Devin Duvalet is probably going to start opposite Hollywood Brown in this game on the outside. Mark Andrews just signed a great big deal as well, a four-year extension. So DuVernay in DraftKings Showdown Monday night would probably be the play if Watkins is out because he's going to be super cheap. And now smart people will probably be on him, but you know that's not the masses. The masses aren't smart, so they probably won't use them. Use the single game showdown optimizer as well at runthesims.com. We do the walkthrough on the Thursday pick show. Super easy to use. And if you're someone who wants to play multiple lineups, uh, it's probably for you. Join that picks contest as well. All the rankings are updated right now on dknation.com. Hit the show from earlier in the week with Jake Seeley, the full week one rankings. If you want to see us get into it and find out why guys are ranked where they are in the rankings. If you don't care for that, you just want to see a list of players all down in the description. All right. Thank you all for watching. Enter those giveaway contests, smash the like, sub to the channel. And that'll do it for me. We'll see you next time. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.